Branding is not about sales transactions. Branding is about creating lifelong relationships that can lead to unlimited transactions. Have you ever in your adult life looked at yourself in the mirror and said, what am I doing with my life? Well, you're not alone. No matter if you suffered from trauma, depression, anxiety, or feel stuck in your current situation like I did in the past, or are a super achiever, we all get to a place where we start hearing the ticking sound of life passing by, realizing at that moment that there has to be more to life than what there currently is. And all of a sudden, the who am I and what am I doing with my life questions come up, and that is usually the moment where we start to crave for more. That is the moment we start to crave for a sense of purpose. Join me and my inspiring guest on our journey to helping people just like you to find themselves, find a purpose, and not only break through whatever is holding them back from the life they always dreamed about, but also to develop the resilience, the mindset, and get the capabilities needed to turn those dreams into reality and to become the artists of their life. I am Rodolfo D'Angeli, and I welcome you to Life Artist Radio. Welcome to another episode of Life Artist Radio. I am your host, Rodolfo D'Angeli, and today I am joined by D.P. Knuten, Chief Collaborator at Collaborator Creative. D.P. worked on some of the biggest brands in the business, including Coca-Cola, The Athlete's Foot, and Close Made. He's the author of non-fiction brand, Discover, Craft, and Communicate the Completely True, Completely Your Brand You Already Are, a co-author of Rotoma, the ROI of social media, top of mind, and the creator, host of the popular podcast, the Rotoma podcast, and non-fiction brand. He's also a keynote speaker and clinician in branding, social media, creativity, and culture for groups throughout the United States. You can find him everywhere under DP Knuten, K, so D-P-K-N-U-D-T-E-N, N, sorry, you can find him everywhere there. And if you stay until the end, DP will have something super incredible for you. So you better stay and you might be able to even ask some question if you wish. And here it is. Welcome to the show, DP Knutson. Well, What's up, so my man? Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Rodolfo. It's, it's always great to talk to my friends down in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Down under. Dayonanda, let's see how many will le- we will be left down here if the shit goes keeps going the way it is because you know there's a mass exodus getting out of especially this particular um uh state but also there's a lot of people that are actually going back home uh which we are uh, thinking of that as well so it's a crazy time right now but hey here we are <laughs> Is that all due to COVID lockdown? Yeah, and stuff like it's that? crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, we're not going to make it politic here, but I mean, this is also the honest truth. And there's also a, a reason why a lot of people are suffering right now um, all around the world, of course. But here it, it has been crazy. It has been absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, I arrived here 18 years ago and this was heaven on earth you know yeah chill yeah. nice beautiful you know but right now 
you don't recognize this country. It's absolutely insane what's happening. And I don't think many know what is happening right now, but, um, but it's no good. And definitely a lot, a lot of people are suffering. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you are. You know, I think you're bringing something very special, which is storytelling and branding and how people can express themselves. And that's why, you know, and we had a chat at the beginning. I'm sorry, I'm taking some time here, but I just want to make sure people understand what we're doing today. You know, obviously, this is a show where people came on and, you know, share about their story, their struggles and how they overcame it. And I'm sure you have your own to share today. But what you bring is actually very, very important because a lot of people that go through trauma, go through adversity and so on and so forth, um, sometimes feel embarrassed of that story and hold that you know, inside of them rather than, you know, using that story to inspire and to share and to, you know, awaken among other people to, you know, share their own story. So I think you're bringing something very amazing today. Um, but let me start with the first question that I always ask everybody that comes here. How did you get here today? Well, actually, um, I'm using the power of social media to build my personal brand, to tell my personal story. And one of the channels that I, it's fairly new to me, to be honest. Uh, I've been podcasting now for uh, going on, this is our fourth year for the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. And the Rotoma Podcast, I did 40 episodes of that even before that. So let's say I've been podcasting for close to four or five years. Uh -huh. And I've always done it very organically, meeting uh -huh. people, inviting them on, all that stuff. But I got, uh, I think I got an email from a site called Podmatch. And it said, hey, we've added you to our list. I think uh, you can claim your podcast if you want. And so I checked it out just to make sure no one was going to claim my podcast or something. And put up a little blurb about myself and my podcast and stuff like that. And frankly, I was going to do what I do for many of these podcast oriented websites. I was just going to leave it there. I wasn't going to mm -hmm. touch it. And all of a sudden I got a email from a host of a podcast who said, Hey, do you want to come on? And I'm like, wow, I'm the one who asks people on my podcast <laughs> uh, for someone to ask me to be on theirs. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And so I started paying more attention to podcasts or uh, more attention to Podmatch. And Podmatch is what it says it is. It's a way for podcasters to match their yeah. podcasts with guests. And one of the things they have is a little matching service where you just press that little heart at the top of the page and it'll find people who are like you. And mm -hmm. it even assigns a value. I think you and I were a 66% match or something Woo! like that. It's almost like we're dating or something like that. But but then I looked at your podcast and I said, wow, this is interesting because uh, if I remember your write-up correctly, it talked about people uh, going through things in their lives and trying to overcome them. And as I read it, I'm going, you know what? On paper, my podcast or what I have to say may not make a lot of sense, but it's totally in line with what you're talking about. Because mm -hmm. when people go through stuff and everybody does, they have a story. But most people, as you say, sit on and hide and, and suppress those stories to the point where it creates internal uh, battles and scars and everything else. 
And the reality is you don't tell your own story. Your story remains untold. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge missed opportunity because yes, there are therapeutic values in telling your story, but there's tremendous uh, career and business and life values in telling your stories as well. And that's where all of a sudden I started going, wait a minute, what I have to say about branding and personal branding specifically could fit beautifully with Mm -hmm. the theme of your podcast. And so frankly, I wanted to see where it would go. So I reached out to you to say, Hey, I think we have a match here. Let's see where it goes. And that's how I got here. Long winded (laughs) story, but that's the truth. That is, that is, that is exactly what happened. You know, when you sent that message, and I went through, you know, make a little research, you know, read your your um, one page that we, we all get to put on on Podmatch. And I'm like, hmm, hang on a second. Okay, let me understand this. Okay, storytelling. And I mean, you know, all, you know, the, the show is called Life Artist Radio. The Life Artist to me is the person that is able to take everything that life has given him and create this masterpiece, use every single bit, turn that into a color and create this masterpiece. Like, you know, we all have you have your in your own way behind you. I have mine here. So, and I'm like, okay, hang on a second. There's a lot of people that do not speak out. And this is also what Life Artist, uh, Life Artist Radio is about, for people to come out and share their story. And you are the pro in that, in storytelling. So what better way to help someone who is, you know, wanting to share their story but do not know how. They want to be on social media, but they are scared of it and so on and so forth. So, you know, I... You know, my 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 match for from '66 went like whoop all the way, yeah. and then you sent me that message saying, "I one thing is for sure, it's not going to be boring." Yeah, and that's yeah. like yeah, let's go. Okay, that's the yeah, guy. You know exactly. So absolutely. So tell me, how did you go? How did you get into this world? How how was your process? What were your ups and downs? What's what's DP's story for Life Artist Radio. Well, it's a long one because if you're watching this live, you can see I've got a little bit of salt and pepper in my beard. And (laughs) every single piece of salt in that beard has been earned, let me tell you, Uh, because I've been everything from a a sword fighter at Renaissance fairs to on-camera talent to voiceover artist to... Uh, improvisational comedian to you name it. And uh, I've had this weird career that's all based on what I think of as the creative side of myself. I have to do creative stuff. I cannot do simple, rote, task-oriented work. It always has to be something creative. And over time, it's led me a lot of different places. One of the places that led me was into the world of advertising and marketing. Why? I don't know. Well, actually, I do know because (laughs) I was in a voiceover for a local sporting goods store, you know, a place where you go buy sporting goods, uh, you know, fishing equipment, whatever Uh you wanted. And I was in there and I was the voice of Sport Mart in Chicago, Illinois. And I'd be the guy telling you about this week at Sport Mart. You've got this going on, blah, 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 blah. And I had a script that had 75 seconds of copy 
for a 60 second commercial. So oh, wow. you have to talk, talk about <laughs> trying to talk fast. Yeah. I'm reading the script. I'm going, I can write better than this. I mean, it's misspelled. It's ungrammatical. It certainly wasn't written to be read aloud mm. because th there's, there's writing that's meant to be read. And then there's writing that's meant to be read aloud. I know the difference because I was an actor. You know, I did all these things. I understand the difference between lines that are written to be read by an actor versus lines that are uh, written to be read by someone reading a novel, right? So I think to myself, I can do that. And then down the road, I had the opportunity to do it. And that's kind of a long story, so it won't bore you with it. But let's just no, say no. I, I, I found a job that suited my abilities. And it was as a copywriter at an ad agency. And so I did that for years, 20 plus years. I was an advertising copywriter and I was anonymous. Hmm. Literally, the people I worked with directly either internally with the creative groups I was involved with or with my clients, they knew me very well and they liked me and they knew what I did and how I did it and all this stuff. But nobody outside knew who I was, what I do and how I do it because they had never experienced it. Right. Well, that's fine until you reach a level in your career, which I call your X years. You're experienced. You're an expert at what you do. You're expensive hmm. and therefore expendable. And well, I don't know about it. I don't know if it's true down in Australia, but it certainly is true in here in America, where when you reach the age 50, it's almost like a sell-by date where you know if you don't own the company, if your name's not on it, it's not yours. But because you've been around and you're experienced and you're expert and all that stuff, you're expensive. Therefore, if they have to trim a budget, guess whose head is the first to roll? Mm. Mine. And that happened twice. Yeah, wow. And it, it was very much one of those, wait a minute, I know exactly what I'm doing and how to do it and everything else. And they go, yeah, but we can get a, a younger, cheaper version of you. Yeah, wow. Well, they, mm. Of course, they can never say that. Of but course. That's, but that's what's what it obvious. is. It, yeah, it's, it's what's obviously happening. And I'm guessing if there are any listeners or viewers of your podcast that are a little bit older, I'm sure you've felt this. And maybe this is, you know, the cricket bat has hit you in the forehead the way it did mm -hmm. I, me. And you, you talk about a little bit of existential trauma. Imagine being a, a father of three daughters who are all college age. And mm -hmm. that's when you get let go of your job. Wow. I mean, it's a it's a kick in the you you can guess where. Yeah, it's totally total, totally emasculating, and I I just sat there stunned, and all of a sudden I started thinking, well, what am I going to do about this? And fortunately, earlier in my career, I had read in a magazine called Fast Company an article called "The Brand Called You." You've got to stand out if you want to move up. And it's an article by Tom Peters. And it, it, you can go on today to fastcompany.com and just look up the brand called you. And you can read that article that was written mm. in 1997 yeah, uh, well. about this concept called personal branding. Tom Peters was writing it from the point of view of there are a lot of people out there 
that are looking to brand themselves use, and they should be using the techniques of packaged goods to brand themselves. Meaning like, uh, I don't know, uh, just think of a packaged good that you buy at a store at a grocer's in, down in Melbourne. And, you know, it's a box of cereal or mm -hmm. something like that. Well, packaged goods have been sold forever and there are a lot of techniques so you know the like coca-cola and again i worked on coca-cola so i know it very well coca-cola i don't like if you went to the soft drink aisle at a, a at a grocery store i don't even look for the words coca-cola i look for the packaging the color the red and color, the white the writing. and yeah. i'd grab that and i get out of there because there are mm -hmm. way too many choices i yeah. And consumer packaged goods have understood that, oh, you don't sell everything about yourself on the package. You sell the packaging so that people understand over time who you are, what you do, and how you do it. And they mm -hmm. just prefer you and they grab you and they go. And so personal branding was all about that self-packaging. Package yourself so other people can know who you are understand what you do and then select you to do what you do for them. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about that hugely. And that's when my whole nonfiction brand, personal branding thing really took off. And by the way, it started with me. I was anonymous. I was old enough not to do social media. You know what I mean? I decided, nope, I'm on this thing like crazy. And I am going to brand myself using all the techniques and tools I've learned over the years. And I am going to own my story. And I am going to tell my story because here's the thing. You know that old saying, nature abhors a vacuum? Mm -hmm. Meaning that if there's a vacuum or a, there's an opening, nature will fill it. Yeah, N the people will fill that vacuum about you and your story. And guess who's filling it? Your worst enemy on their worst day. Absolutely. If, Absolutely. But if you are out there actively demonstrating who you are, what you do, and how you do it, you are taking ownership of your story. Consequently, you're literally got your hands on the steering wheel of your life. Or in your case, you've got your, your hand on the brush of your artist's palette. You know, right. and you are painting your yeah. life the way you want it to be. You are taking control. And the second I started doing that is the second I started feeling better about myself. I started finding the right people to engage with, the people who understand me. How old were you? Oh, I was, uh, let's see, 54. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mind telling you, I just turned 60. Dude. 60 euro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I take Man, care of myself. I would have not, like, honestly, I thought you were my age. I uh, swear. Good. I thought you were early fifties. You know. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm a little, oh little bit God. older than that. But I, but I will tell you, part of that, if if you think I look younger than I actually am, part of that is because I haven't given up. Hmm. I refuse okay. to give up, and I refuse to let someone else tell my story. I am taking the control of the reins of my life and I am working harder now than I ever have in my life, but in a much more fulfilling way because it's mm. for me, Absolutely. not somebody else's business. It's me, mm. you know, and that's, 
that's the the whole thing. It, it's about taking control of who you are, what you do, and how you do it, and then demonstrating it via the incredible free, it's all free, social media channels out there. I don't, by the way, I don't pay for anything other than $5 US a month to host my podcast. That's it. I don't pay for LinkedIn upper levels or I, I never have purchased a Google AdWord in my life. I don't have to. Instead, I create content that gets engagement, that creates relationships, that continually reminds people that I'm alive. And guess what? They start coming to me. Yeah. And that, when that started happening, that's when I knew this stuff is worth it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's exactly that. People don't buy the goods, right? People buy the story behind the goods. Yes. Right? And, and I say that all the time. I say that all the time because I do feel, you know, I do see, and you're probably even more than me, you know, people promoting themselves. It's about me, me, me. Have a look at me, me. That's not storytelling. That has nothing to do with storytelling at all. And I think, you know, perhaps people get afraid of that part of of getting out there, but that's not what you have to do. Storytelling is about, hey, come to me. I am this and I have this diploma and I have that thing. And that has nothing to do with that, right? You're so right. And I think what you're kind of uh, pointing to is what I'll just kind of lump into the Instagram influencer idea, you know, that. I'm if I want to be a successful personal brand on Instagram, I guess I have to be a 22 year old hot bodied female with uh, wind blowing as we're taking a sunset shot on a beach in Belize or something like that. That's okay. Those influencers are a subset of personal brands. But what you have to understand is personal branding is not about becoming an Instagram influencer. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. Uh, a, let me give you an example that's down there, down under in Sydney. A guy I wrote about in my book, Nonfiction Brand. His name is Christian Small. He is a golf pro. He helps people learn how to become a golfer, a better golfer. You know, he works at uh, golf courses, literally giving lessons and stuff like that. I heard his story at Social Media Marketing World in 2019, and it blew my mind because here's a guy who, frankly, was a golf professional that had fallen out, and he admits this himself, had fallen out of love with the game of golf. Not teaching. He loved teaching, but he just didn't really enjoy playing it all that much. And he recognized that in himself, and he decided to challenge himself, and what he did blew my mind. He decided he was going to try to qualify for the Australian Open Golf Championship. You know, it's it's an open, right? Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. qualify, you get in the, the finals and all that stuff. Well, uh, I'm going to cut to the chase and let you know he didn't qualify. But what he did still is incredibly impressive. He decided that for 100 consecutive days, he would go on Facebook and blog and live cast himself as he worked on his game you know some nights he's working on putting some nights it might be sand traps and stuff like that and some nights it was hey guys i just have nothing i'm too wiped out but i'm keeping my streak alive and uh check in tomorrow why because that's the authentic honest truth about what was happening here was a guy who was working all day long and then after hours was putting in 
the effort to try to qualify for one of the globe's biggest golf events, mm -hmm. right? So what happens? He starts, and he's doing this on Facebook. People start seeing it. People start following the story. People start getting inspired by it. And all of a sudden, he's got people reaching out to him saying, hey, do you have teaching spots available at where you're doing that? So boom, he's got incoming students' interest. But the thing that really killed me was a certain individual who happened to be a retired gentleman who was an, a serial entrepreneur who had a fair amount of money. He said to Christian, I am so impressed by what you're doing and how you're doing it. There are days where I can't even get up to pick up my dry cleaning, but you're out there every single day working on this. I'm so inspired. I'm going to write you a check for $10,000 to the charity of your choice just because you've inspired me so much. Wow. Guess what? Someone else said, I don't have $10,000. I'd like to do the same thing. I have $2,000. So he's getting incoming charitable gifts in his name to the charity of his choice because he's inspired so many people. And keep in mind, this is all during COVID. He's all doing this during COVID. At the end of his thing where, you know, he reveals, okay, I didn't qualify and all that stuff. He got an incoming job offer from a local uh, golf course or golf community because they recognized what he was doing. And by the way, in telling his story the way he did so vulnerably, guess what specific demographic audience was so inspired to reach out to him, uh, especially about getting lessons? women why he was not a toxic testosterone guy he demonstrated that he was vulnerable that he was real masculinity right he, yes he was a true man yeah which which admits that hey i'm not perfect but i'm trying yeah and i'm i'm ex i'm showing you that i'm open to all levels because i'm demonstrating that i'm at all levels on any given day yeah. So all, all of a sudden he's got women who want to become golfers because business happens on the golf course. Right. right. And a lot of, a lot of women who are driven to improve their lives are like, well, you know, golf is a game I can play and that's where business happens. So I want to learn, but I don't mm. want to embarrass myself. Right. So what do they do? They try to find a teacher who won't embarrass them or make them feel embarrassed. Right. Christian just demonstrated he's their man. All of a sudden, he's got incoming job offers. He's got incoming charitable gifts. He's got incoming queries about becoming a student of his, all because he's getting out there and demonstrating his story. That Absolutely. impressed the bejesus out of me. 100%. Russell Brunson says, if you post on your favorite platform and just choose one, he says, if you post for 365 days in a row every single day, you will never worry about money ever again. Yeah. And that, it is it, so true. It's that consistency thing. So true. Yeah. You know, and I was so inspired by him. And after hearing that story uh, at Social Media Marketing World, right? And this is, again... Uh, right when COVID's going, I looked at, I, I decided, and I met someone else there who had a new book out, a friend of mine who had a new book out. And the thing is, if you've ever written a book, the second a friend comes out with a new book, you get jealous. 
It's like <laughs> when your best friend has a new baby, the first thing you want to do is I want a new baby, right? <laughs> you forget all the pain. You forget all the sleepless nights. You forget all that stuff. You're just jealous. And so <sighs> I decided I need a new book for 2020. How am I going to get it done? Well, I looked on a reverse calendar thing and found out there were 301 days left in, in 2019 from March 7th through December 31st. So I went live every night via on Twitch, YouTube Live and Facebook Live and write and, and actually wrote the book live every night. Some nights I'm just sitting there doing nothing but staring at the screen or typing away and someone might pop in with a question or something like that. But mostly it was my uh, reason to do it. It was, well, I made this big pronouncement that I was going to do this. And so I had to do it. And there were nights where I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. I just have nothing tonight. I'm so wiped out. I'm tired. Uh, but I'll be back here tomorrow. And, you know, every night I'd put it in at least a half hour, some nights an hour, some nights two hours, depending on how much energy I had or how what ideas I had. But the whole point is I went live every single night except for one. And the only reason I didn't do that night was because I was up in bed with a 103.6 Fahrenheit wow. fever uh, with Lyme disease, which is a, wow. a tick-borne bacterial mm -hmm. infection. I mean, what? I'm In the season of COVID, I get Lyme disease? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's how the world works. But But anyway, the next night I was there. And you can still go on on uh, YouTube, look up my name, and you can see 300 plus days of live streams as I get this book done. And by the way, I published this at 12.01 uh, a.m. on January 1st of 2020. And uh, I, I'm amazed I got it done. But here's the thing. I got it done early. I, had, I thought I'm going to need every single day. It was done like uh, halfway through December. That is what I mean by taking control of your story yeah. and leveraging the free channels of social media. I just said I went live on Twitch, Facebook Live, and YouTube Live. What does that cost me? Zero dollars. Yeah. Those mm. 300 uh, day videos up on YouTube, what's it cost me to host them via YouTube? Zero dollars. And the whole thing is not a lot of people watch them then, but they still exist. They're up on a shelf. Anybody searching my name might stumble upon them. Once they hear the story, they go, wow, that's kind of a cool story. I should have him on my podcast. You know, it, it, put it this way. Why am I talking to Rodolfo down in Melbourne on the other side of the world? We've never met in person. Hmm. Why am I talking to Rodolfo? Because we met via social media, a yeah. channel we both use but didn't know each other on. But Absolutely. now I will venture to say that Rodolfo and I are friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Especially when you start sharing stories this way and the vulnerability that you just said before, a man, which is, you know, you know this world is crazy right now, right? Yeah. I mean, the man is seen as this bad creature where you know yes there are men that obviously are taking you know they, they use power over strength 
which are two completely different worlds. Yes. But the, the the man that you was, were speaking about just before, that's the the real man, the real the man that is that is strong, that can go through shit, but is also able to stop and be vulnerable and have a cry and know and say that I do not have all the answers, but I'm trying the best I can. That's you know, the man, right? Exactly. And it, it strikes me that some of the people who are doing the worst job of telling their story are the modern man, mm. regardless of where, what country you're mm -hmm. in or society, because here's the reality of this man. And I say this as I point to myself, I've been married 23 years. I have three daughters. I have two dogs and they are female too. <laughs> and let me tell you, I would not trade that for the world. And I know what it takes to keep that, that Absolutely. love, that family, all that stuff. People like me don't tell their story. So what do we hear? We hear the stories about the guy who cheats. Why? Because it's everywhere. No, it's not. No, it's not. not. It isn't all. everywhere. What you're Absolutely. not hearing. I, I once heard a woman say, well, you know, guys, they all cheat. And I just turned to her and say, well, that's funny. I never have. You know, I'm not going to say that I was a prince when I was young. Of course, but I know what you right. mean. But when I got married, that's when, okay, I, I, I decided I was going to give everything I have in terms mm -hmm. of, of love and caring to one person for yeah. my life. Mm -hmm. And part of that was informed by the fact that my parents got divorced and I hated that. Mm. And I knew it was going to happen. I was eight years old when I asked my mom or if they were getting divorced. It took them another 10, 11 years to get divorced. But I knew at age eight that they were going to. They were so mismatched and they didn't talk to each other and you know all that stuff. We don't need to go into that other than to say, I understood what happened to them and me because I was part of that family. But I was not going to let that trauma mm -hmm. Fester and go into yeah. the next generation. Yeah. And it, believe me, man, it's not easy. Man, it's the hardest thing. Oh, dude. The hardest things in life are the best things in life. That's 100%. always been true. 100%. I have clients that, that you know, sometimes um, marriage isn't the best, you know, at the best space or best spot in, you know, it has ever been. And I always ask, the first thing I just ask him, are you the same person that wanted to conquer that woman? Or did you stop selling yourself? And the selling part is, you know, and you might agree with me, when we when we meet, you know, the, the woman that we think, oh, man, this is the woman of my life and I'm going to give everything. I'm going to I'm going to make myself look good. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'll dress well, I smell well, I'll do all that stuff. I go there. I'm funny. I'm bringing them out. I'm having them, you know, have a great time. And all of a sudden, you know, over time, things come together. People get married, so on and so forth. What happened at that moment is, well, OK, I got this now, so I don't need to try anymore. Um, so and, let me oh let go God. of this, let me let go of that. Yeah. And, you know, and now, okay, now I'm getting a little bit older. How can she change to make me feel that, you know, and, and that shit doesn't work, right? It yeah, just it does doesn't. not work. And that's why marriages break apart because people are not the same ones 
as they were when they wanted the other person and they gave everything they could. They sold themselves in exactly what you're saying. They branded themselves. They shared their best stories and made it interesting for the person to come back and wanting to know more of that story. Exactly what you sh just shared before. Well, and the whole thing is they were telling a story, but I'm going to tell you it's a nonfiction or it's a fictional story in some cases to a certain level because they're not sharing everything. And I'm a big one for the nonfiction brand, meaning literally be the completely true, completely you brand you already are. And so what does that mean? It means that, again, brands don't tell you everything. It's like um, I'll often use the idea of of dating. The goal of our first date is what? To get a second date. Hmm. So you don't tell about the fact that you spend uh, typically 12 hours a day playing Call of Duty on an Xbox or you've got <laughs> 16 cats and live at home with your grandmother. You, you don't tell that stuff. You get the second date stuff, which is I'm funny. I smell nice. I, I, I tell great jokes and I'm a totally. pretty good dancer or something. But totally. down the road, as you build this relationship and keep in mind, Branding is not about sales transactions. Mm -hmm. Branding is about creating lifelong relationships yeah. that can lead to unlimited transactions. Absolutely. So let's go back to Coke. I'm a Coke guy. I, I won't drink Pepsi or, or other colas. Why? Because I don't drink that much, uh, that much soda or soft drinks anymore. You know, the, I don't like the sugar. But on the occasions where i want a, a soft drink i'm getting only coke why because i have created a relationship and coca-cola's created a relationship with me that i honor because i'm loyal to them they're loyal to me you know it's it, 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 it's kind of like an identity as well right yeah it is it is so so much so that if i go to a restaurant and they say i'm sorry we don't have coca-cola i'll say oh just give me water because <laughs> i i don't want anything else you know it, you feel it's like, like you're betraying them right yeah well maybe a little bit you know i i don't feel like i'd betray coke but i i certainly would feel differently if i uh was attracted I, come on, I'm not dead yet, so I'm attracted to other women every second of the day. Let's not get, let's let's not pretend, and let's not pretend that I'm some, you know, kind of effeminate, wimpy, beta male. Uh, oh, that may be true. I don't know. It depends on who you talk to, but but I'm not dead. But what I have done is I've committed fully to one person mm. who told the truth about who she was. Absolutely. And I said, you know what? Your truth, I love. This is the truth of me. Will you put up with me? And, uh, you know, she kind of said yes, and now she's stuck. And now we have that glue, the permaglue of three daughters. Because I tell you, a pro tip to any woman out there who wants to, to, to keep a man that you love in your life, have daughters. Because once they show up, it's like... You know, I could probably see getting a younger model of you, but these daughters are, are are crazy glue. I can't get rid of them. And I know if I did anything to them, they would hate mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. or anything to you. I mean, to my wife, if I if I ever did anything, ugh, I don't want that. And I'm smart enough to be able to do the calculus and go, you know what? 
that passing fancy is not worth the damage it would do to not only my life, mm-hmm. but my wife's life and my three daughters' lives. Absolutely. So I'm. here's the thing. Everybody is part heart, part head, part loins. Be, be mostly heart and head. Yeah. And the loins will take care of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I usually say, you know, when, when, when they feel, when, you know, when people say, oh, I got this gut feeling, you know, about something, and I usually say, go, you know, go towards that gut and have a look, but make sure you stop at the heart. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, you got to have that, um, that connection with yourself to know, okay, if that happens, you know, I'm not going to hurt just myself or that person, but there's so much more oh, yeah. that is going on. You know, can I live with that? That's the question. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, because uh, one of the things I'll ask people is what's your yardstick, you know, and a yardstick is one yard long. It's a measuring mm-hmm. stick. I don't know if you call them yardsticks down in, uh, in Australia, but it's, uh, it's a way of measuring. Mm-hmm. So when I say, what's your yardstick, I'm saying, what matters to you most? Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, there are some of those young guys leaning up against Lamborghinis with fat stacks of cash behind them. They're telling you what their yardstick is. It's all money, baby. I don't <laughs> care about anything but money. And guess yeah. what? There are people who legitimately do not care about anything but money. Mm-hmm. Typically, these are people who had very little of it growing mm-hmm. up. And they saw money as the only thing that can existentially keep them alive, mm. fed, and they associated everything good with money. Mm. I was fortunate enough to live in a middle-class American family where I never worried, am I going to eat tonight? Mm-hmm. Guess how, how few people in, relatively in this world uh, don't have that fear. Mm. I mean, seriously. Uh, you're. I'm living in a, a a blessed place and I'm well aware of it. But because of that, my yardstick has never been money. Hmm. It's been opportunity oriented. It's been love, the, the desire for love. And I think the biggest part, to be honest and vulnerable with you, my parents getting divorced, I think, put love in the forefront, hmm. love and fidelity and family. Yeah. And it, and again, I'm, I'm telling you stuff that, well, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should. I'm owning my story, so what the heck, let's go with it. My family growing up was not bad, but it wasn't great. Hmm. I like to refer to my parents as reptiles. They didn't eat us when we hatched, which was good, but the, there wasn't a whole lot of warmth there. Right. And so I grew up with that, and I decided that's not going to be me. And so consequently, my family... And I've got extended family that, you know, multiple generations and stuff like that. But because of that upbringing, which wasn't warm or cordial, I only have control over five, my three daughters, my wife and myself, or I only have the possibility to affect those five when it comes to creating the kind of family I want. That's the family I'm creating with those five, because Mm -hmm. I'm a big, uh, not to the point of going nuts about it, but I do believe in stoic philosophy. The only person you can truly change is yourself. And that change comes internally. Absolutely. And 
that's when I realized, oh, I have all the power. I have all the power. I have all the power over my life. And I can make those changes. Now, what I've talked about with branding and nonfiction branding and personal branding and stuff like that, these are all tools that apply to that very big first principle, which is you have all the power you need to control your life. The question is, are you going to control that life and take positive steps forward by telling your story? by owning your story, by sharing your story, and demonstrating the truth of that story every single day. Hmm. That's what I can do. You And here's the thing, you don't have to like me. And there are plenty of people who don't, because I can be a little loud. I can be a little brash. I can be a little bit confrontational, or the word I use is provocative. I want to be provocative. I want I want to poke you in the eye a little bit. You I, think. I yeah. yeah, I want exactly. I want to have that great conversation. So Rodolfo, have I poked you in the eye enough today yet? It's been great. I I I I my brain is saying that was the best decision ever to have you on here. Oh fantastic. Even though we spoke and we are constantly speaking about branding and about what you do and the power of social media and so on, which is really your forte, right? What you do, we are, we are connecting that with life, with every single day's experience of everyone here. Right? right. And I feel this to be such an incredible thing, you know, listening to you. And I'm like, God, man, we are actually speaking about what you do, but we are speaking about life yeah. at the same time. Right. Right. Because we're, why are, why are we talking about all the same stuff at the same time? Because we're talking about storytelling, yeah. which is the way we make sense of the world. The way yeah. we make sense of our lives, the way we make sense of society, you know, our histories, the ways his, histories are nothing but the, you know, the story of the uh, victors, you know, the, and they're the stories they tell themselves to make them feel okay about it. Here in the United States, one of the stories we tell ourselves to be okay about it is that one of our founding documents says very clearly, all men are created equal. And the guys who wrote that were slave owners. Mm -hmm. but we believe that story so much that we're able to ignore or suppress 400 years of the subjugation of human beings. Mm -hmm. That That's insane. And I know that Australia has its own challenges with its first nations or the Aboriginal cultures and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And the thing is, both our culture and your culture are starting to address those things because they're finally starting to tell the truth yeah. about those things. And that's where trauma can be healed. Absolutely. You have to tell the stories. Like, I don't know if you're familiar the, with the, the true ER. story, right? The yes, true, the true story. story. Yeah. The I don't know if you're familiar with um, when South Africa was coming out of apartheid. Mm -hmm. One of the first things they did was set up a truth uh, and reckon, uh, what was it called? The Truth and Reconciliation Com Commission. Mm -hmm. And the deal was, if 
you were a member of the government that did terrible things, you can have absolute amnesty from everything you did if you come in public and delineate everything you did. You literally yeah, well, talk through everything you did. So if you murdered somebody in the name of the state and came out and said, on the night of so-and-so at this time, at this place, I murdered this person this way, you would not go to jail. You would not wow. be imprisoned. But you had to tell the truth. And so what happened? They broadcast these hearings live and people are bawling, you know, the, 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 they're crying their eyes out because they're finally hearing the truth about what happened to their family members who went missing. And now they meet the person who actually killed them and they're able to forgive them. So powerful. Because they told the true yeah. story. Absolutely. A true story is so powerful. And that Absolutely. is the unlock when you tell your true story. 100%. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, this is, I didn't know that one. Um, let me just grab this cat. Um, and when you free yourself by telling that truth that deep within your soul, because you're carrying that shit, right? Yeah. We all know. Yeah. I, I always say we can, we can bullshit the world. We can, we can do all of that. We can tell, you know, we can sit in front of the Ferrari and do, we can do all of that. But there is a moment in everybody's life, actually various moment in everybody's life, that we got to go into a little room where it's only going to be ourselves, and some will stand and some will sit, but they will be by themselves. And then who are you then when nobody's watching? Exactly. Who the hell are you then when nobody's watching? Or when you're brushing your teeth or maybe shave or whatever you're doing, because you got to look into that mirror. Are you liking who you see? Because at that moment, there's no likes, there's no hearts, there's no applauses, there's no limelight, there's no lights, there's no spotlights, there's no curtains opening, there's nothing. It's just you. And I believe success is if you are able to live with yourself, with the person you see in that mirror. And that is success. That isn't millions of dollars. That isn't whatever, whatever. And hey, I'm not saying the money, having money and, and doing good things with it is not bad. Is, is bad. I'm saying that if that is defining you and you think that that is going to make you a good person just because you're going to do some charity work, that ain't going to be it. And at the end of the day, we're going to get out of here. We all got to get out of here by the same door. And that moment, just before we're going to open that door, that is our turn. Are you able to live with yourself looking back at your life? That's why life artists, right? Are you able to say, man, I created a masterpiece right here? One of the, this, you reminded me of something. When I was, I, I kind of alluded to the fact that in my 20s, when I was in my 20-year-old, uh, you know, 20 to 30, let's call it. I was a actor. I was doing everything, you know, blah, blah, blah. And one day as I was getting closer to 30 and, you know, I had plenty of relationships that were, were temporary, you know, ephemeral, uh, they would disappear. But as I got closer to 30, I, I don't know why I thought this, but one day I thought to myself, who will mourn my passing? Hmm. Is there anyone on this earth? Because keep in mind, your parents, if you died before they died, they would mourn your passing. 
if your siblings were still alive before you died, they would probably mourn your passing. Maybe not some of them, just saying. But who would who would be there and mourn? And it, it's mm-hmm. not like some type of uh, egotistical memorial. It'd be it was more of a question of <laughs> right now I'm living for myself. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. I need to live for myself, obviously. I because I'm not Mother Teresa. I'm not given. You know, I'm not uh, Jesus Christ giving of myself. Uh, but I I I wanted s- some people to legitimately be there because I served them. I gave them so much during my life that they would mourn my passing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I totally stopped looking for relationships with the same type of woman that I would normally be attracted to. And it's not like I downgraded. I just, it's, it's like all of a sudden you go, you know, I thought I wanted that really hot Ferrari, but I wouldn't mind having a Subaru outback about now. Somebody who <laughs> would be comfortable, reliable, still attractive, uh, but maybe not as super hot, but that's okay. Cause here's the thing. I I don't want to be super hot because let's face it. When you were talking about getting ready for those first dates, that was a lot of getting ready. <laughs> and sometimes I just want to. Here in the United States, we call it Netflix and chill. I want to turn on Netflix, get together and chill. Now that happens to be a euphemism for come on over and have sex, but <laughs> but sometimes you just want to put on the sweatpants and go uh, watch tonight. Do you want to watch Game of Thrones again? Yeah, it's been a while. Let's watch Game of Thrones again. And then you sit there and watch three episodes just together. Totally. I mean, that to me is precious. And another thing I wanted to say, there's a study that was done here in the United States about peak happiness when it comes to how much money you make. Can you guess what the, the actual number of U.S. dollars was kind of the point where people said, I'm the happiest? It's $70,000 U.S., which, you know, you can do the exchange rates in your mm-hmm. head. Um, but it, uh, $70,000. Grand, grand, yeah. yeah, five. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a healthy salary. You pay your stuff. You do your thing. Yeah, you can get a new car. Maybe yeah. not every five, maybe every yeah. four years you get a new car. Maybe if you save up, you could find a, a, a an affordable second home, but that'll probably take 20 years to save up for. You can put your kids through school. They'll still have to get some scholarships, which keeps them honest, you know, and they'll have to get summer jobs because um, if they want, we aren't going to give them everything they want if they want at $70,000, people are the happiest. Mm. That go a little further with that and go realize, oh, so you're meaning the guys who make $5 million a year, they aren't happier? And the answer is no, they're not happier because they're trying to keep up with the guys who make $10 million a year, mm-hmm. who are trying to keep up with the guys who make $25 million a year. And when you become the richest people on earth, what do they do? I'm going to build a penis and shoot it into space. Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, uh, Elon Musk, SpaceX, Richard Branson with his Virgin Galactic. This is all guys just trying to look, I got all this money. 
Mm -hmm. I'm still not, know what to do with it. I'm still not fully fulfilled yeah. in the case in the case of Jeff Bezos. Oh my god, if you want to look at a woman who's really getting back at her ex-husband, Mackenzie Bezos. Hi, I get half of everything you have and I'm giving it away to whoever I want. <laughs> so good. Oh, she is living her best life and he oh my is god. living a penis dream. Oh Just my saying. God. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I read a uh a, a book the happiness hypothesis by jonathan Haidt, and mm -hmm. he says four weeks you you read that book four no I, weeks. i'm familiar with it right so yeah. he says you know four weeks after you you know major change in your life and he says winning the lottery or becoming a quadriplegic you are absolutely um that becomes your new norm nothing yeah. changes right yeah. obviously some are better in it as than others but four weeks it takes for the for the human to just adapt to the new environment and that's it everything yeah. it's like you know you buy a new car you, you drive out you're all excited drive home and you start to clean it every single day a week two weeks a month just yeah. another car right i mean yeah. obviously you gotta enjoy it but it's not that thing any anymore and that is absolutely true i mean um and what you said before actually you know that that who is coming to your funeral you know when you pass or who really comes to your funeral that is such a powerful thing i use that same thing in my life one of my mentors back in 2012 2013 early 20 2013 ty lopez not sure if you ever heard about him i have yes. uh, right i was in in on the hollywood hills in his house and he used to go there quite some time it was actually really 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 cool guy uh, i know on, on social media he might come off a little bit different but uh he's amazing he's really actually really really good and he told me back then he said rodolfo do not uh, do you got to do two things that you have to do for the rest of your life and you got to put them into your phone as an alarm, as a reminder. One is the humility test. M remind yourself how humble are you. And you got to have that at least once a month come up. Better every second week. Your humility test and score it from one to five. How humble are you? And the other one is the um, funeral test. How many people will really come to your funeral not because they have to or because they have need to be seen by someone else, but really come because you impacted their life, even yeah. just so slightly. And he said, you never stop doing those two things until the rest at the end of your life, because they will keep you honest, hardworking and appreciative. Right. Yeah. And it's not going to be about you. Because I remember me saying, wow, but, you know, the way you come out, you know, on social media, he says, and he, he, he said that to me, if I want to teach you something and I will start my show or my YouTube video, or whatever, with uh, some classical music or a, a picture of Van Gogh or, or something like that. How many people do you think will watch me telling or sharing something that I've learned? And I said, probably nobody. And I said, yeah. that's right, because people would be bored. So I have to come in in this way. And then uh, in between the lines, I share some knowledge, right? That's and right. You know, he he was actually really, really good. We, we kind of 
lost a little bit of contact the last few years because we can't travel. Right. But uh, and also now he's traveling. Uh, he's living, in, I think, in Puerto Rico now, Costa Rica, uh, Puerto Rico, I think. Um, so we lost a little bit of of, um, of contact. But he was great. Uh, has been a great mentor to me, and he installed those those exact thing that you just shared before. So yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's so true because if it's, if it's just, and the thing is, if your yardstick is money, okay. Become one of those crypto guys who's now all about non-fungible tokens. Fine. Whatever. That's not my yardstick. That's not important to me. Getting a new car every year, not important to me, which is why I'm driving the used car lot that I am right now. You know, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. What matters is the health and welfare of my family. And by family, I mean those five people mm -hmm. I mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, because out of that five, that strong root five, eventually as they have their families, I'm going to start this whole uh, seed tap root of a tree. That's going to be incredibly strong because it's, it's based on the right stuff, the truth. And, yeah. you know, that's my goal and I'm yeah. imperfect at it. And I'm, you know, talk to my wife. She'll tell you everything I do wrong. Uh, but that's why, frankly, I married her because yeah. I wanted a woman who would make me a better man. Mm, wow. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. That well, beautiful. I'm still not there yet, but. Uh, that is beautiful. That's that the goal. I want, I want to ask you a question and I, yeah. I, I want to ask you a question and I, I think you could you could really bring some light on this. Um, I'm not sure if you read on, on Podmatch, you know, one of the things, obviously I'm a coach and so on, but one of the things that I do is also I practice Indian, ancient Indian shamanism and um, that's more of a kind of like a spiritual side of me and, uh, and something that had a huge impact on my life. I mean, 20, 2010, I, was, I, I attempted suicide and I was a dark place. And even though I, I found a coach, a really good coach, that helped me a lot, but he helped me more in my business, he actually didn't, didn't um, solve uh, the puzzle that was within my heart. And shamanism did. And so um, it became a, a huge part of my life. Eventually, I was trained by amazing um people and shamans down in Peru and so on and so forth. But that's, that's what it is. But so I hold monthly or every six weeks um, retreats where people can come and I bring them through a journey of three days and uh, three, four days sometimes um, and so on. And, and obviously there's a lot of males that come out as well. Right. And uh, the male today is struggling hugely by understanding their own masculinity. What is masculinity? You know, if you are too strong, too harsh, the world is seeing you as, you know, the, the, the powerful one that wants to control everybody and has to be, you know, this matriarch, right? It's bad, right? Where, so they go into the feminine side, they enter this other energy, which we all have, and we all fluctuate every single day, but they stay there because they feel that being in the feminine, they come across very gentle and very nice. And then the women are attracted and they forget that the woman is not attracted to the man, but is attracted to a girlfriend, right? What I want to go to is that oftentimes those males like myself have been uh, are in pain and if severe pain, there's a lot going on, right? And 
and have, and allow me to say this, because this is a, a podcast for adults as well, so they've got a big set of balls to do the work that I bring them through. But what happens is when they do find a woman and they have a connection, all of a sudden they start to share this story, the vulnerability very early in that relationship or very early in the getting to know each other stage and they just just bring it all out at the beginning, which most of the time the woman escapes, runs away. It's too much knowledge, too much, whoa, whoa, whoa. What am I going to do here with this? I can't handle, I'm out of here. Could you, if this is something, and I, I you know, with, with what you have been talking so far, I think you could really bring some light because, as again, it's a branding, you know, your own branding. Could you bring some light on why this is happening for them that everybody just escapes after that or just lets them go and not interested? And how could they approach that part in a more, in a better way, so they are not left with always trying to find someone, then do this whole vulnerability thing, and then they're left behind and even more confused. I thought I should be vulnerable, and now they still left me behind. All right. Well, a couple of things. Uh, when my daughters were young, I noticed something that would happen that was very interesting to me. And, and you, what you need to know is I was raised by two uh, sociology professors. So there, there was a healthy... Um, observing was kind of part of our DNA, right? Growing up, observe everything. And I noticed my daughters would do one of two things. If something happened to them that made them sad, they sought out mom. But if something scared them, they sought out dad. I mean, they would literally come running and jump in my arms. And it, but it was because the dog scared them or a big dog scared them or lightning, thunder and lightning caused them to freak out and they get out of bed and they come not to mom's side of the bed, but to my side of the bed. They were showing me very clearly the type of energy they wanted when that was going on. They didn't need the soft, nurturing, everything will be okay. They needed a little bit of stern don't worry, honey, I'll take care of you. I got this. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, consequently, uh, I've always remembered that. And it's, as you described what you went through, especially the part where you're talking about guys who are doing the hard work of becoming vulnerable and they become perhaps a more, um, they embrace the fe feminine energy that you were talking about. That's great. But here's something you need to know. You're not feminine. You're mm -hmm. masculine. And you definitely have that energy within you. But there aren't a whole lot of women who want to be exact. They don't want a mirror image of themselves when they're yeah. seeking a long-term mate. Absolutely. I know I know. when I look. Okay, <laughs> true story. I don't know if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality sort <laughs> test, you know, the INTJ stuff. Uh, my wife and I, when we first started dating, she was seeing a therapist for some family trauma and she had taken the Myers-Briggs and wanted me, her brand new boyfriend, to take <laughs> the Myers-Briggs test. And I'm like, mm, okay, whatever, because I'm open to that kind of stuff. I find it interesting. 
we got the results back. We took it at the same time. And it turned out that we weren't just a little bit different. We were polar opposites on every single measure mm -hmm. where, you know, she was um, extroverted. I was introverted where she was this, I was that. And it was a hundred percent opposite size of the scale. She saw the results and started bawling her eyes out because we can never be together. And I turned to her and I said, are you kidding? We're going to be together forever because what you're good at, I'm terrible at. And what I'm good okay. at, you're terrible at. We need each other. I am not duplicating anything that you do. We'll never have a fight over like uh, stuff in the kitchen because that's your domain and you own it. And I don't want to. Uh, I we will have a fight about when you take my tools and you don't put them back where they're supposed to go because that's my area and you need to respect that, you know, but but it wasn't because we are not suited for each other. I bring this up because when you said and I, I kind of as you were describing this person, I'm, I'm seeing this guy who's getting everything kind of new agey aligned about themselves and they're embracing uh, just what i would say they're embracing not only the feminine side but they're releasing the masculine side totally and that's a mistake because they're Absolutely. giving up they're giving up the truth of who they are they're yeah. trying to be something they're not yep. women are not attracted to people who are not truly who they are mm, and 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 again no i'm not going to say that you you've got to talk down to women to get their attention or or no, do any no, of that absolutely. you know do you know the term negging Mm. when uh you know the 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 pickup artists like the to use you treat women poorly you say they look kind of fat yeah. and that'll attract them it's like no you don't no that's bs you totally. just be yourself and yeah. if they like what they're seeing they're gonna go great and then once the relationship starts happening it, this is the thing i call selective authenticity you are selectively authentic meaning i am absolutely true but I'm not sharing all my dirty laundry with you right away. I'm going to let you know stuff. And then when you think, well, you're, you're not being honest and open and intimate with me you say, well, I've got this story I could share with you. Oh, I had no idea. I feel closer to you. And I didn't give her a tsunami mm -hmm. of trauma. Who wants a tsunami of trauma? Absolutely. Women have their own crap to work through. They Absolutely. don't need all my crap. But here's the thing about women. Broad brush. I know some women this does not apply to. So don't think I'm some knuckle dragging Neanderthal. But a lot of women uh, react very well to I'm giving of myself. I'm giving a little bit more a little bit later. I'm or. I'm being honest with you, 100% honest at the time where you go, oh, come on, why don't you want to go on that zip line? You know, if you go on a, a tour together someplace, uh, if you go on a vacation or a holiday someplace and they want to go zip lining and you say, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. And what happens instead of going, you know, I've never told you this, but when I was a kid, I was tree climbing with my brother and I fell out of a tree and I landed on my neck and they thought I was going to be paralyzed, but I got better within two weeks, but I, I don't like heights. Oh, I had no idea. 
and all of a sudden they feel closer to you and they feel more solicitous and caring about you. I didn't have to bring that up. The second I got to know you five years into a marriage, 10 years into a marriage. But when things come up, you just, that's when you say, okay, I, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I'm afraid of ostriches. Why? I was at a petting zoo one time and one came over and started pecking at my head and it scared me, you know, and that didn't happen to me, but I saw it happen to someone else and I don't want to be near ostriches. Now I'm not afraid of ostriches, but I'm not going out of my way to meet ostriches either. (laughs) So yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, absolutely. I'm maintaining my, my core masculinity. Yeah. But I'm giving. So it, it, I don't have to become feminine to give. Yeah. I need to embrace my masculine ability to give. And by the way, what kills men faster than women, just in terms of life, the guys who give and give and give and give and give, and they wear themselves out at their job, at their, the stress levels and all that stuff. And they die 10, 15 years before their wife does. Mm-hmm. Those guys who silently do the work of being masculine, who don't tell their stories, who don't share, who don't have that release valve of stress to get rid of that stress, they die early. Absolutely. Tell your story. You're not going to die early. And Absolutely. tell your story. But, but again, don't vomit your trauma on somebody all in one sitting. Yeah. Let them know that you care about them. Let them in to who you are. But serve it up over time. You've got time. Absolutely. Because reverse it. If a woman came to me and and vomited her trauma all over me, I'd be walking out the door too. Because it's like, girl, I don't need that. I got enough of my own stuff. Totally. I can't fix this. Right? I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, that thing you shared with me, I think I can help you with that. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. sometimes the help you with that is, oh, I'm not going to suggest we go mountain climbing if you're afraid of heights. I'll remember that and I'll not suggest it. That's a fight we never have to have again. Absolutely. You know, and that's how you build trust with your partner. And that's what honesty and truth is is about, really, right? Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you got to be truthful with what is rather than try to cover it up and bring it out in an angry form. But yeah, I, I totally, I, I totally agree with what you say. And I say that all the time. Stop freaking talking and telling everything just to be loved. They are there because they like you. So that's already a good thing. You know, the, know you know, the, the unlock, the level up on being loved, you know what it is? To love someone, mm. to give to them. Totally. The old saying, the more you give, the more you get. The more you give. And there were times, believe me, and don't tell Elizabeth, my wife, I told you this, but that first year of getting married, that's a big negotiation year where you have to negotiate everything and you have to give okay, I used to do this. I can't do it anymore. And I understand why I can't do it, but I want to do it, but I can't. Okay. I'm giving it. I'm giving it up because I am with you and I'm giving to you. You will never recognize that gift because you won't even know I gave it up for you, but I will know that I gave it up to be with you. That is a strong man. Yeah. That is a strong man. That is. 
that you know the definition of hero and i don't know probably in australia it's same as here the word hero is bandied about way too much mm -hmm. i reserve the word hero for someone like a member of the fire department who goes in to mm. save someone and loses their life mm. in the sacrifice of trying to save them. Or, um, uh, you know, a teacher, uh, they are not heroic, but the teacher who puts their body in front of a active shooter to save mm. a child, that mm. teacher is a hero, a hero you know? Sure. Um, so every man, I think I, uh, I certainly played this game was always playing the, when crap hits the fan, am I going to be the guy who stands up and takes the bullet mm -hmm. or am I going to cower under a desk? And the reality is that most men fear in their heart of hearts that I'm going to cower. And so it's a constant battle for men to find those opportunities to prove that they aren't, the person who's going to cower. In my case, I used to rock climb, you know, vertical walls, lead climbs, multiple pitches in Colorado and all that stuff. A couple of times I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to die. That's when I stopped doing it because I, I did learn from those experiences, <laughs> but I was constantly testing and challenging myself. Oh. You know, you see behind me guitars on the wall. I, uh, part of this, I'm not going to be a coward thing was, um, uh, we have open mics, open microphones at restaurants and, you know, bars and stuff where you can come and play. Well, mm -hmm. I write music. I write songs. I was afraid to do it. I decided I'm going to force myself to do it. And when you sign up on that list, I forced myself to sign up first, to go first every time for a year. And what did that do for me? It burned the fear out of me. Mm -hmm. I like to say fear is flammable. Meaning you can burn fear out of yourself with what psychologists might call exposure therapy. If you're afraid of something, expose yourself to it in little bits and pieces till you get to the point where you go, that doesn't scare me anymore. Absolutely. You know, that's a way to, to retain your masculinity, but also have what I would, I, I don't want to, it's not male softness. It's male giving. It's masculine giving that I, that's what men, men are looking for opportunities to give. And so many of those opportunities have been, they think taken away from them because there are more women working families. Now, sometimes the, the wife makes more than the man does. That happened to me a couple of times. Did not feel good. Did not like it. Never told my wife about it until she, one day I'm snapping at her. She's like, what is this about? And I told her, you know, you don't understand this. Never mm -hmm. will. I don't like the fact you make $15,000 more a year than I do. And she's like, why? It, all my money goes to the family. And I go, yeah, but I'm the man. I'm supposed to kill the mastodon and bring it back to the cave. I mean, it's, it's hardwired in us. If that's taken away from you, don't, and a lot of marriages, if they did the work, they'd find out, oh, he's always mad at me because he's upset that I have a better title and I have a better job or I make more money. Wow. And we aren't happier with the money we're making. Maybe we should look at adjusting some things. You know, it's all related. 
You know, it's mm. the if peak if peak is seventy thousand dollars US. Why are we working so damn hard if we aren't going to be happier? Yeah. But anyway, that comes from knowing yourself. I know my yardstick is not money. Your yardstick might be. And that your yardstick for money may be tied to the trauma you experienced as a child in a, in a food insecure house. If you didn't know if you were going to eat every night, I'm guessing your yardstick has a little bit, a uh, few more dollar and pounds signs on it than, uh, you know, others. hundred percent. I mean, yeah. If you can be that honest and you can go through those fears that way, there's nothing that can hold you back. It's just, it's just it's nothing that can hold you back. It truly right? is a superpower. You know, everybody 100%. thinks about 100%. what their superpower would be. Your superpower could be releasing all this ton, tonnage of, of weight, of trauma, of dis personal dislike, of self-loathing. And again, I'm going to tie it back to kind of what I encourage people to do. Tell your story. Tell your true story. But you'll notice that whole selective authenticity concept I talked about, that applies to what you do on social media. I don't need to show you what I had for lunch today. I don't need to ever show you what I look like in a swimsuit. I don't need, there are many things. You don't need to know how I vote politically. Uh, you don't need to know, and you know, and you can figure out what side of the fence I'm on politically. I mean, but here's the thing. People in society are big fans of fig leaves. As long as there's a fig leaf in front of the ugly parts, I'm okay with you having ugly parts. So maintain a little bit of fig leaf, dude. Every, the, the the people who share everything all the time, I don't follow them because it's way too much. Way too much. I don't need to see that. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is so funny that you we're just speaking that because something really funny happened now. I don't want to share this with you. You know, we 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 speak about authenticity and truth and vulnerability and respect for one another, husband, wife, and respect what. What we stand for, right? I, I believe this is this is what makes a marriage the next level marriage. When you really respect what someone, what your partner, your wife loves and cares about, and and expresses itself, when you can share that way, and it isn't about you all the time. It's me, 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 right? That is when like. A connection can can't be broken apart, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to share this with you because my wife just came through just right now, and the way my studio is set up is actually open right right here upstairs. I have a room where I do my one on one sessions when people come to do some shamanic work and so on and so forth. And I'm thinking of maybe bringing my studio up there because it's closed, but my studio is open. So here on my left is open. This is my front door over there. That's my corridor there. And so if you come down the stairs, you will hear this, right? And so that's why sometimes you might see me put my hand here as I switch off because I can hear it come through. But our truck is right here behind this window, right? And if that truck goes off, this will pick it up. There's no, there's no thing. So there's my wife respecting what we are doing here, right? And I mean, 
our driveway is in his own slope, so you don't need a lot. I think my cat could push the truck. But right. literally, he just pushed the truck a little bit to give it some momentum and started the truck over there. Mm. Now, she doesn't have to do this. Right. Right? But she chooses to because out of respect of what I do. Right? Yep. And out of respect of you being a guest here. And if you're a guest, I need to be the best host I can possibly be. But also not even that, it doesn't even stop here. It goes to respect the people that will listen to both of us. Right. And I believe when we can live a life in this way and being vulnerable, being honest, being truthful, being respectful and humble, where is the limit? You know, yeah. and when you said just before about the fear and about being a male that doesn't make, you know, as much as, as the wife, the woman, the partner, whatever, I totally know what you're talking about because only three years ago we had a seven figure business, 22 staff working for us, and, um, and our business collapsed literally, went up in flames. Lost everything we had, all our money was gone, all our cars, the wealth, everything. Because all the rest of the money we had, we put into a lawsuit, which we lost. So not only did we lose all the company and the money that should have come in there, have to let go of 22 stuff, but also we left, we lost all the money that we had um, to fight this thing. On top of that, two days after the court case, Grace, my wife, was diagnosed with cancer. So, so you know, so that's the moment where you realize like, "Mm, okay. And one of the questions I ask myself in any case, in any time is why is this perfect for me now? Yeah. And that is in good or in challenges. Why is this perfect? I remember when we came out of the, um, of the doctor's appointment and the results were given and, and, and I, I, I had no idea, right? And as a man, you can understand me. You have no idea. You have no money left. So much so that we eventually would leave at five in the morning on a weekend and put some stuff in there. And five, I think it's probably four or five miles from here, there's a, there's a, there is a marketplace. And we used to go and sell that stuff to make some money to eat. That's yeah. three years ago, right? Yeah. From making 200 grand a month, right? Yeah. Um, but the moment where we stood outside of the parking lot and my my wife is breaking down, I am breaking down, and we're hugging each other. And I remember, I, I, I knew at that moment, okay, right now I do not know what the hell I got to do. I do not know. I have no money, that I know. I know I have a much bigger problem that is, that is money. I have my wife that isn't well. And... I do not know how to take the next step. And I remember when I hugged her, I said exactly that. I said, Grace, I am as scared as you. I have no idea what to do next, but I will find it. So you just hold on. It's going to get a bit rocky, but I will make it through with you. We're going to go to the other side. It's going to be amazing. And our story will be just mind-blowing. And we're going to look back in, in years from now, and see this as a true blessing and a changing of our lives. Today, thank God, my wife is cancer-free and everything went well. But I know exactly. You sit back at home and you think, 
heck? What is happening? And how am I going to bring home the food? How am I going to bring home oh, the security and all of that, right? It's yeah, a challenge, well, I, man. I've been but there, the vulnerability and the honesty set me free, took, out, took that burden off my shoulders so I didn't have to carry that and allowed me to put the energy into finding a solution, finding the way out of it and, and towards whatever it is that I wanted to do, which was you know starting to work with people and uh, coach and, and so on and so forth, right? Yeah. But I totally understand you and agree with you as a man, how that is super, super powerful and, and sometimes debilitating, really. Well, and I'm, I'm going to guess when you were in that hug with your wife, you gave her, you gave her exactly what she wanted. Absolutely. Which is, I just need to know you're here and yeah. that you're going to be here. Absolutely. Because together we can do anything, but by myself, I'm not sure I can make it through the day. Yeah. 100%. And that... And that's when you know you have the right partner, you know, and that's the only way you get there, though, is by being completely true to who you are, what yeah. you care about, what you value and tell your story. Own it, tell it. DP, what a freaking episode, dude. I know, man. <laughs> who knew? Dude, I got I told you I got questions, questions everywhere here. Yeah, you don't need questions, man. <laughs> to start the conversation. I literally am like we we spoke about so many powerful things that I think we actually went through all of those questions without even asking the questions. Um, that's the way it should be. To oh be honest, God. that's the way it should be. This this yeah, this has been wow, super, super amazing. Is there anything you you wouldn't you would like to touch on? Honestly, well, the main thing is I, you know, I've told everyone that they need to start owning their story, get out there, yeah. start doing stuff, to start using the tools of social media to tell your story. I want to give you guys an opportunity, and this is completely free. I don't even ask for an email sign up. You just go to my website, nonfictionbrand.com slash gift, and you'll be on a webpage where you can download three PDF worksheets. All they are there is to get you to start doing stuff. One of them is a thing about uh, starting to think about your key three. Your key three are the three things that you stand for, the, 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 the things that are truly core to who you are you know the same way that there are only four amino acids that make up dna there are only three things that make up your brand from my point of view i call them the key three to keep them easy uh, my key three and this is the best way i can demonstrate it are i am creative we already talked about that a little bit i'm collaborative meaning i have to work with other people this is not just me writing poetry up in a garret somewhere i literally have to work with people but the big one we talked about as well provocative i have got to be provocative i am provocative and people need to understand i am that way otherwise they aren't going to get me and let me tell you the majority of the human race does not want to be provoked in mm. any way Absolutely. So when I find the people who like to think, who like to uh, engage in a conversation like we have right now, Rodolfo, 
we're friends for life now oh, because dude. of what we just went through. And that's the type of provocation. It's it's gentle, honest, open, but provocation. You know, um, that's what you get from me. My question for your listeners are, do you have three principles, concepts, words that completely sum up who you are? Like if I ask my wife, am I creative, collaborative, and provocative? She'll go, uh, mostly provocative. <laughs> <laughs> but But that's because I'll be honest too. I didn't pick provocative. My friends did. When I asked them, what am I really, what, what do you like? What, you know, maybe you don't like it. What, what's the truth about me? And they go, you like to pick fights, but not, <laughs> not fight fights, but you love sharing ideas and learning. Yeah. Cause I'll say stuff just to get a reaction to learn from. And oh, provocative. That's a word that was given me, gifted me by my friends. So, the one worksheet will ask you five simple questions to get you to start thinking about that. Then there are two worksheets that are actually specific techniques you can use to start using on Instagram and uh, other platforms right now. And one I call the self, uh, the the unselfish selfie. It's about using selfies as a way to make other people look good. Great, so you look good. It's about really focusing on on that it's not about me it's about us and but because it's about us it's really about me you know but i'm proving to you that i'm a giver by including these people anyway you can read that and then the other one is a, a technique um i call comment marketing using the comment section on linkedin on facebook on instagram whatever to actually start creating relationships with people by turning comment streams into conversations. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll like all of them. They're completely free. They're digital downloads. Download them and uh, share them anywhere you like. And also check out my nonfiction brand podcast, which Rodolfo, I'm going to have to have you on. So uh, we're going to have to talk about that. Uh, the nonfiction brand podcast you. comes out every single Monday or Tuesday in the, uh, the <laughs> Australia. Down under. Um, <laughs> And uh, I get to talk to people like Rodolfo who have a lot of smart things to say, who are interested in building their personal or small business brands. Because in my world, if you've got a small business, it's a personal brand. Totally. There's no difference. It's you. Totally. So how are you going to get and own and tell your story? That's what we talk about on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts for free. And then finally, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this bad boy book, Nonfiction Brand, Discover, Craft, and Communicate the Completely True, Completely You brand you already are. Yes, it is available on Amazon.com.au, so check that out. It's available as a Kindle download or as a hard copy, so um, I hope you'll check that out. And listen, if you want, if, I'm just like you. If you want to talk, Let's talk. You can find me at nonfictionbrand.com or if you can figure out how to spell my last name, dpknewton.com. Um, and my email address is surprise, surprise, dp at dpknewton.com. So I'm not exactly hard to find. Keep it simple, right? Oh, you know it. And <laughs> well, let me give you that. Let me tell you, that is another big tip for your listeners. If you're on multiple channels like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, and you have different handles for each one of them, get rid of those 
vanity handles and go by your flipping name. About seven years ago, I had I was un uh, self-loathing copywriter on Tumblr and I was e uh, canoe ten on something else. I decided to scrap all that and just go by my name, DP Knuton. DP stands for David Paul, and DP Knuton is my handle on everything. So it's easy, easy, easy to find me. Now, if you have a very common name, like you're Bob Jones, you might want to think about, if you're a photographer, Bob Jones photo, or if you're a illustrator, Bob Jones illustrator, or something like that. But here's the thing. By going by at Bob Jones, your name's going to pop up. Like if I'm trying to tag you and it says Rodolfo Life Coach, I'm going to type in Rodolfo. All of a sudden, Rodolfo Life Coach is going to be there. And if your, your picture actually looks like you, I'll know it's you. And here's the thing. I want to tag you because once you learn how to do comment marketing and make every comment a conversation, I'll be able to make your post go further. You'll be able to make my post go further. And we'll all be helping each other out in this wonderful cycle of goodness. So check those out. Again, you can get the downloadable PDFs at nonfictionbrand.com slash gift. I will go there after we finish and get it for myself. What about that? <laughs> absolutely. And <laughs> and by all means, share it with anybody you want. Oh, you know, absolutely. If, if you're doing any of your retreats or whatever, feel free to use that stuff. It's completely free of charge. And the only thing you have to put up with is down at the bottom. It mentions my book and my podcast. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll do for sure. And actually, I'm thinking of doing, uh, it's probably not going to happen this year anymore, but early next year, 22, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking to put in a, a summit, uh, creating a summit of maybe 15, 20, 20 something people. And um, where probably most people that came onto the show that had a really good message and were really, you know, had some good energy. And, and um, I want to bring those people together to share 30 minutes of what they do. So to help the person that we, we want to attract, which is the person that doesn't have a brand, not, I'm not talking now, I'm not talking about the the social media brand, although that will come a second, obviously, but they don't even have their own brand. Right. 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 And so what we want to try to do is to bring tools and, and, and create this summit of so many different tools from different people to serve um, that particular avatar that is looking for how the heck do I go from here to there? And yeah, I do not know yeah. how to do that. So I would definitely absolutely um, love to have you on there because I think you have, uh, first of all, an amazing energy. Um, you're very balanced. I love that. And very, very wise. And I'm so, a Libra. Uh, what can I say, man? Balanced. Oh, Libra, like my mother. My mother is a Libra, 7th of October. That's, that's uh, October 15th, right? There. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. So, yeah, yeah I definitely will be in touch anyway. We'll, and it'll oh, be an yeah. honor to come onto your podcast for sure. Um, yeah. So I will take it to the next step. And I asked you in in the little um, you know questionnaire that I have when you sign up, I asked you for a song. And oh um, we will see, and I don't know if you heard 
previous podcast of mine, but this is the time where we're going to listen to that song for just a short period of time. It will be cut out eventually of the video part because YouTube, you know, will not like that. Um, on the podcast, we are okay, but eventually we'll be cut out uh, for that. But, uh, but we will listen to that song right now. And then I'll ask you a question. So All right. just give me a thumbs up that you can hear the song because I will just pivot this so it's not going to come through uh, fully streams. Again, copywriting yeah. or whatever. Right, so it's right, just going right. to be like a secondary kind of thingy. Mountains rough this time of year Close the highway down They don't want to tell I've been fighting second gear Fifteen miles or so Trying to beat the anguish snow I know every town we're passing What good does no one do? No one to show it to I've grown tired of traveling alone Tired of traveling alone I've grown tired of traveling alone Won't you ride with me? Jason Isbell traveling alone. Yeah. DP, what does oh. this song mean to you? Oh my God. You know, I, I, when you asked me what my favorite song was, I had to really scratch my head on it. But I've always loved the melody of it. But listening to it in this context, I'm like, oh my God, everything we just talked about. Mm -hmm. When I was 30, I was tired of traveling alone. And I realized, I listened to the lyrics going, oh, my God. I was tired of traveling alone. Won't you ride with me? I was trying to find someone who would ride with me. And, wow. There's a, oh, yeah, it, it's goosebump Dude, stuff. I got goosebumps, yeah, totally. Um, there's an old saying here in the United States. Uh, an old uh, Nashville songwriter named Harlan Howard said that country music is nothing more than three chords and the truth. Oh, wow. And that song is like three chords and the truth. And that's why I love that song. Wow. You know, this is a, you know, I had, you know, obviously several guests come on now. And I always say at this point, it's like, whoa, I haven't ever done this. And the song, uh, after a chat like we have, you know, that it's raw, that it's honest, that it's truthful and vulnerable, all of a sudden that song that is kind of our favorite song comes through very differently, right? Yeah, it does. It's not, yeah. So, and, and for me, you know, I get to hear all these songs of people and, and, to tell you the honest truth, and I never heard this song before, but I love this song, actually. And, you know, when I do my retreats um, and I work with people and it's a blessing to serve them, uh, you know, doing that type of work, um, there is a time during the weekend where I play some songs, you know, some 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 songs to to 
create some different energy, shift the energy or provoke uh, within the person, you know, with triggers and so on. And you will not believe me, but I'm telling the honest truth. I use many songs of people who have come into my life, like yourself, that have brought their song, their song of their journey. And and I, I, I feel uh, kind of like emotional saying that, but those songs have helped a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, you know, just listening to the words here, I'm like, whoa, uh, I yeah. need to have this song. Yeah, uh, you know, well, so songwriters are storytellers, oh, and man, they're telling they? universal stories. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are coming to the last last part of the of this episode today, uh, um, and I usually ask the person to ask yourself a question and give yourself the answer. So, DP, if you could ask yourself a question and give yourself an answer, what question would you ask DP Knudel? The one that comes to mind is, why am I doing this? Hmm. And the answer is, because I learned something about something that did not serve myself well for the health and welfare of my family, my career, everything. And I want to help other people avoid that pitfall that, uh, or, or conquer it, you know, cause we all have challenges. I think it's the goal of people, especially as they get older to share their knowledge, the wisdom. It's not intellectual. It's wisdom to share that wisdom. And sometimes that wisdom is comes in the form of a shaman saying, you don't eat that mushroom, that'll kill you. But this one will feed you. But this one might enable you to discover. Hmm. That can only come from wisdom. So I guess, why do I do this? Because I, I, I want people to mourn my passing. That's why, damn it. And I hope the listeners of this podcast, if you hear I died, will go, oh, man, DP's dead. That sucks. Dude. Because <laughs> I'm certainly not in it for the money. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, man, I think you will be remembered for a long time. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with, this, with that old saying the agent, Egyptians used to say, that a man dies twice. The first time when the body dies, the second when the last person pronouncing their name dies. Yeah. So I think you'll be around for a long, long time, my dear friend. You but the, sure worst thing, the worst thing is they'll mispronounce my name. <laughs> I just can't get a break, man. You might feel yourself like coming back to life and then they mistake the name. Just oh, to correct the pronunciation, man. man. Come on, guys. Keep it together. Yeah. GP, it has been an absolute honor. Honestly, I, I, I would have done the worst mistake of passing you by just to not understand the fine lines in between the lines. And thank God I was able to read those 
and uh, and that allowed us to to come together not only to meet each other because I, I am blessed to have met you you're absolutely amazing at what you do and who you are and what you stand for but um having shared an hour and 46 um of my life uh it made it richer it made her it made it more pleasurable um and it's a blessing so i want to thank you for that and i want to give you the mic for the last time and, and if, if you have anything to say that's your time and after that i'll, I'll wrap it up and then we'll uh, we'll shut this whole thing down well again rodolfo i just want to say thank you for having me on because i you know i'm not a big believer in coincidence and yet i do believe that the universe puts connections in your path and it's up to you to take advantage of them to 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 make to to lift them to lift the the shiny wonderful object off the ground and bring it into your life so i i really thank you for doing that for me but i'm also glad that i reached out to you so um thank you so much i hope your listeners got something out of this and mm. wouldn't mind hearing from them if they did so uh, i'm on the other side of the world but that just means i'm not going to come over some night for asking for some food so <laughs> contact me and i'd love to hear from you actually most of uh, I mean, a big percentage of our followers is in the us uh usa so um you 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 might get some door knocking all right well i welcome it (laughs) well dp thank you thank you thank you it was an absolute honor like i said i'm not gonna repeat but honestly i cannot wait to do this again i cannot wait to do some work with you early 2022 and create something amazing to serve as we already do but you know together uh, perhaps that will be absolutely amazing. So I will keep you in in um, in uh, in mind, you know, with that. And um, so everybody that has been on, we have a bunch of uh, comments. Kane was on. We have likes and hearts and whatever, you know, stories, everything. And Kane works. He, he's an ex actor as well. He was on the show before, and uh, his his thing is also about storytelling and so on and so forth. So it was great to have him on here. Uh, Shane was on and, and uh, so many different people. So I thank everybody to have been on live, but also you that are listening to the podcast. And I know that we can do anything in our lives and time is the most valuable thing that we have, most valuable asset. You could have done anything in your life right now, but you're here with us. And for that, I say thank you. And I don't take that lightly at all. So I thank you for that. If you have already uh, subscribe to the podcast. That's amazing. But if you didn't, perhaps this is the time to click on that button and um, you know allow myself to send you a little notification when a new episode is out there. And please leave me a review and help me grow so I can help you even more, serving you even more. That will be amazing for me um, on my journey. And if you think and believe, and I know you do, that DP's story and what we have talked about today would serve someone else, remember that everything you receive is not for you to keep, but to be shared. So share that everywhere you can um, and share with the people you love and matter to you. And other than that, you can go um, on www.nonfictionbrand.com slash gift to get uh, DP's gift for you and you can go on ultimate success dot 
me and me to get a free gift from myself. And um, that's about us. I uh, thank you again for being here. I am Rodolfo De Angeli. You listen to another episode of Life Artists Radio. I wish you well. God bless you. And I shall talk to you very, very soon. Ciao.